Hey, this is Neil Mackay, your host of a Vietnam podcast. Now, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite affiliate partners, and that is Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for years for everything from ordering YouTube thumbnails to keyword research, writing podcast articles, even to Canva designs and thumbnails and more. So whether you're a budding entrepreneur, a podcaster, or anyone in between, Fiverr has got you covered. It really is the go-to platform if you want to find freelancers offering a massive range of services to help you on any project. Maybe you need a stunning new logo or just a short animation, whatever you need, you can find it on Fiverr. What I love the most is how easy Fiverr makes it to connect with talented freelancers from around the world, all at prices that will fit whatever your budget is. Plus, with Fiverr's secure payment system, you can trust that your transactions are safe and secure. No dodgy people you meet on Facebook groups that disappear with your money and never give you what you want. What, that's only happened to me? As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you use the link and at no extra cost to you. As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you click my link and you buy something, all at no extra cost to you. And best of all, you will be directly supporting the making of this podcast that you're listening to for free, but it is not free to make. So why we head over to somewhere that you've probably never been before. It's called the show notes. So whatever app you're listening in, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything at all, head to the show notes, click on my special link, and then you can browse thousands of gigs ready to help you with your next project. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. for listening to 7 Million Bikes, a Vietnam podcast. My name is Neil Mackay and I'm your host. This is season six, episode two. Don't forget, you can go back through the whole catalog and find all five seasons of 7 Million Bikes. Make sure you subscribe and turn on the notifications. Make sure you follow 7 Million Bikes on Facebook. Go on there and give it a like. We're also on Instagram and make sure you subscribe as well. Turn on those notifications too. If you do enjoy this content, then please go on the link in the notes for patreon.com and you can become a member of a Vietnam podcast and you get some cool benefits like free tickets. You'll get early bonus content as well. If you just want to buy me a coffee, there's also a link in the show notes. You can send me a coffee as well. So thank you very much to the previous people that sent me coffees. They were very much enjoyed. So very, very much appreciated. Season six is sponsored by our good friends over at Eddie's New York Deli and Diner. If you are in Saigon, then make sure you go check them out. Tell them that 7 Million Bikes sent you. They got two locations now, one in D2 and one in District 1. And at the moment, They also have a pop-up diner in the Takashimaya Center in Saigon Center, which is only there until June 7th. So make sure you go and check it out because it may be the world's smallest diner. So make sure you go down there and check it out before June 7th. If you've seen the show Riverdale on Netflix, you'll know exactly what Eddie's is like. It's a slice of home comfort no matter where you're from in the world. Make sure you check out Eddie's New York Deli and Diner in D1, D2, and the Takashimaya Mall until June 7th. So enjoy episode two of 7 Million Bikes, a Vietnam podcast. I'm excited to introduce my guest today. She is multi-talented, multi-country, multilingual. She's an MC, actress, YouTuber. She's from Russia and France, and another guest that speaks five languages. My guest today is Mika Chu. Oh, wow. Hello, everyone. I'm blushing right now, actually, because of this lovely presentation, but it's all true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because you've, there's a bit of a tie in here. So, you recently did a video on YouTube with Nimai, who I did a YouTube video on her channel, and she was previously on my podcast. Um, Saigon is a small world, I guess, right? But she also spoke five languages, and you make me feel so inferior. Oh, come on. No, no need to be inferior. It's like I always ask, ask to people, like, do you need to learn these or these languages? Like the need. When you need to do something, you will have it done. 
whatever it takes. So I've I never, need it. Yeah, I've never needed to. And I, I, I often make the joke that I can barely speak English, so... Oh, come on, just because you're Scottish, come on, be nice to yourself. Self-love, self-love, guys. <laughs> My English is good for a Scottish person, I would say, but there are some Scottish people that is they are unintelligible. That's true. If you guys watch Outlander, you, you know what Neil is talking about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about this before, so you're a big fan of Outlander? Yeah. <laughs> and why is that exactly? Oh, come on. <laughs> if you ask the question, you know why, you know. I have eyes, so that's to use them. So, guys, just watch the show. You'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's mostly for females or, or people who like men, not females. Sorry. And it's also good for English. Actually, it's very good for, for English to get to know other accents and other culture, let's be honest. Like, you get to to have a little uh, sneak peek to Scottish culture, so and to get you get to be called Sasnak, so that's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> well, so I haven't seen the show, but I have heard about it. Is it not a fantasy show? It's uh, it's a fantasy, so it's based set like hundreds of years ago. Yes. So I don't know if that's an accurate portrayal of Scottish no, culture no. then. It's, look, it's because it shows like the society now and also like 200 years ago. Okay. Yeah, that's that. There is a time gap in the show. So what's now and in uh, in Scotland 200 years ago. So they do talk about some battles that took place in, in Scotland. And uh, yeah, the main character is just really hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop here. I'm blushing again. Uh, no, I heard this before years ago. A woman I worked with, she's like, have you seen Outlander? It's so good. I watch it all the time. And I was like, no, I haven't seen it. She's like, it's set in Scotland. The guy's always got his top off. He's so sexy. True. True. Story. There you go. All right. Anyone who's into hot, sexy Scottish guys. Please watch. Yeah, don't look up me. Look up, <laughs> look up uh, Outlander. Now, so I said you're multilingual and multi-country. So you're Wait. born in Russia and exactly. brought up in France. Wait, I was born in um, a city called Nahotka. It's near Vladivostok. I, maybe you guys, you know, it's at the end of the Trans-Siberian. So it's close to Japan and it has a border with China. And uh, yeah, at the age of eight, I moved to Siberia to live with my grandmother. And then at 10, I met my mom in France and we started to live in France in uh, southwest near Bordeaux, very good for wine. I studied in uh, Reims, which is good for champagne. <laughs> so as you can see, I love alcohol. It's <laughs> <laughs> a common theme here coming yeah. So yeah, and then I went to China for studies for a few months and I ended up coming to Vietnam for an internship. So that's a brief history of my journey, guys. And I never realized until recently there's quite a connection between Vietnam and Russia, right? Huge connection between Vietnam, Russia and Vietnam, France, actually. And I guess that's just my kind of, not ignorant, but I just didn't realize that until I moved here. And then I, it makes sense once you realize, but I think when you're from like, you know, the West or Europe, you don't really think of Vietnam and Russia being so connected. And then you go to Nha Chang and then you're like... Actually, you know, I know my mom always told me that in when she was, uh, when she was a child, there used to be a lot of like campaigns to give donations to Vietnam after the war. So in Russia, yeah, we do know a lot about Vietnam because also in my hometown, there's a lot of Vietnamese from the north. And yeah, it's something we, we are aware when you come in from Russia. But from a French side, actually, Vietnam was totally like under, underrated because we are not learning anything about the war, anything about history, except if you go into like historical fields. Now, I've noticed already that you're you're answering in French when I ask you, you're saying we or we. So what, what, and I've asked people this question before, when people are multilingual, it fascinates me because I, like, what language do you think in and what, what's your natural language to speak in? You know, I would say depends the topic. Some things I try to think them in French. Some when I really talk with myself, it's in Russian. But if I have a long shooting in Vietnamese, I go home and I still hear the voices in my head. So I, I continue to, to, to think some stuff in Vietnamese. And sometimes I'm having a conversation in English and I don't remember some words in English, but I remember them in Vietnamese. So it's really like an organized mess. Just, they just put it like that. When you speak many languages, it, you have like a, many drawers. So sometimes you open one, you put another bag. So it's really, it's, it's really nice. It's good gymnastic for your brain. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, like different draws. Because, yeah, and I've mentioned this before. I know a couple of people here who are French, Vietnamese and brought up in Vietnam. 
and they between the two of them they're like best friends and when they converse they basically speak like Viet French or Vienche. I don't know what can we call this where they can it would be like their own language almost because they could just it could be one sentence made up of both languages Actually, when I was living in France with my mom, we used to do a lot of uh, rush French, like mix mix uh, the the words. So we had our own dialect. So I totally understand. Yeah, you get that. So what are your five languages then? Okay, so I hope you guys are listening very carefully. So, so far you understood that I do speak French. Russian, obviously. Well, English, I hope you, under, you understood it too. Good. I also speak Vietnamese. And the fifth one is uh, Spanish. It's before in Spanish, but uh, I don't practice it that much. But when I start to practice, it's come back like super fast. Yeah, right. I love it. Love Can it. you give a sentence using all five languages oh, in one sentence? That's lovely. I love this kind of stuff. Okay, so I just mix. I Go just on. say some yeah. stuff. Okay, let me improvise on three, two, one. Well, Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having fun listening to 7 million bikes. Les amis, j'espère que vous passez un bon moment, que vous profitez de cette podcast, parce que moi, j'ai beaucoup de fun, voilà. Так, друзья, скажите, скажите, кто тут русский вообще? Мне очень интересно узнать. Как бы, ой, адека, кому псангой вьетнам хам, ной мен бак, хваклак ной мен нам. Ола, керидос. <laughs> yo, yo quiero bailar, yo quiero hablar español y yo no tengo muchos amigos. Pues si tú quieres practicar conmigo, pues uh, sendeme un mensaje y vamos a hablar español. Sí. Voilà. <laughs> that was amazing. You, you managed to, there's so many listeners now probably be like, oh my God, they're speaking in my language. Hopefully. <laughs> I love the different cadence and rhythms of every language. It's so, it's so nice. You know, when you speak one, you switch from language to another, your personality change also. So that's why. So I'm like five personalities. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But I could imagine that because of the different, because of that different cadence or the different energy you have to put into these different languages. So how do you, how would you say what personality traits change then with the language? Sorry? Like how does your personality change with each language? Mm, that's a very good question because it's like I leave it, from inside, but I've never been asked to explain it. Okay, so when I speak um, Russian, I, I feel myself like strong, you know? I could see your back stiffen up. Right. Like you, you like it, it was yeah. like the Russian language. But then when you spoke Spanish, you suddenly smiled and you became like really oh, like yeah. energetic. Your hands started moving. <laughs> Body language. Yeah. So French, it's more soft. I would say very soft. And I would say the big biggest difference, like, when you master a language, like you start to feel the words. It's like you don't need to, to, to translate them. You just like feel it before you get to know to the translation. And when I speak Vietnamese, I become much more, how do you say, how to put it in, in English, like very, like, <laughs> very sweet. Yeah, I'm very sweet when I speak Vietnamese. And English, I think I'm neutral, mm. so far neutral, not too much body expression. I'm still... Yeah. Keep myself together. But yeah, Vietnamese are more like drama. Right. More drama, really drama. And do you think that comes from the tones? Because you have you have to put more drama into the language to produce the tones. Would that be correct? Actually, I just think it's me. I like to, to play, you know, whatever, like whatever, if I shoot or if I'm outside, it's just like I play in my own role, you know, every time. So it's just I like to, to, to play it in different languages, but it's always like different parts of my personality that's come, that comes up. So we talk about this on the podcast a lot, probably too much, um, about speaking Vietnamese and most, nearly 90% of the guests I interview can't speak Vietnamese. Can't. Can't, cannot. So you and Nam Den, who you, who you obviously work with as well, um, are two of the few that can speak Vietnamese and not only speak it, like speak it fluently. But Nam is, is better than me. Oh, okay. He's been living here longer and he's much better than me, so... <laughs> after after my interview with Nam Den, I just kept saying, oh, zoi, oi. He keeps saying that. He loves that one, right? Yeah, that's stuck in my head now. So it's impressive that you speak Vietnamese. I've been talking about this on stage as well when I was doing comedy this week, that, um, you know, the Vietnamese language with the tones, I think it means that you have to, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't speak it. Please. I can order coffee. And that's about order. it. Order. Oh, please order for no, the audience. No, no, no. I'm sure you guys are curious. No. I'm curious. Come on. 
Jotoi Cafe Sua da Itsua. It's so bad. It's so cute. It's <laughs> so patronizing. Like, it's like, you know, like, a, like I've been also been told that it's like a teacher who is explaining to a young kid, Jotoi Cafe Sua da. It's like, it's so cute. See, I don't have the confidence or the skills to do the to- like even the the way you pronounce it's it there gymnastic. but that's not even just for vietnamese that's any language i'm not I, I studied french for like seven years in school and i don't speak français. no i don't speak french at all so i think i don't know if it's because i've got this quite a strong scottish accent that for me the the kind of linguistical gymnastics to then be able to do these tones or the cadence or the rhythm for any language for me it just feels very difficult and I guess even what you said there about you feel like you're you're acting almost did you say that with each language and I'm not a natural kind of actor or anything like that so I think I've got this thing that holds me back that I can't fully let it gush out to try and and do that I I would say maybe you're also afraid of making mistakes that's what most people are suffering from when they're learning languages, especially Vietnamese. It's it's really frustrating. Let's just say it honestly. When you start to learn Vietnamese, you are facing a lot of problems. Like you want to practice, you want to say a few sentences, few words, and people don't understand you because most of the time we just say like, like, Cafe or like Lee, but people will be like Lee, like what? What do you want to say? You want to say glass? You want to say like Lee for Lisa for reason? Like what are you talking about? So you always need to put uh, how do you say context behind be- behind your words. So if you tell me your sentence like Chotoi cafe soda, like everybody will understand because you say give to me a glass of coffee. So you put it in a context so it's easier, and uh, that's the most important thing in Vietnamese at least. And the second thing is like. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. I make plenty. Like the other day I was shooting for uh, VTB3 and I was explaining like the difference between France and Russia, why in France people like don't want to get divorced. I was really deep in my conversation. And at some point I realized like instead of saying like sentence, people do not want to share property. I said, people do not want to share seafood. (laughs) Everybody was looking at me like, what? Have you been smoking something, drinking something, girl? And it was like the last episode we've been shooting for like 12 hours. And I was like, Uh, what? Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Taisan. It means property. So, So, Haisan is seafood. It's seafood. And then what's the word for property? Property is Taisan. Taisan. So, yeah, that was very funny. But I'm always making this kind of uh, mistakes and hope, happily, like hopefully people find it cute. And it's it's also part of myself, you know. So my, my advice for anyone who want to learn Vietnamese or even another language, like foreigners who make mistakes, it's always cute. Always. It is, and, but the thing is, I find here in Vietnam, and I know that nobody means offense, but they laugh at you when you try and do it and maybe because you think like they think it's cute so even my friend who Kim everyone who is a regular listener will know who Kim is one of our best friends and um she's she does it like and I'll try and say something and she laughs at me you know (laughs) and then Lewis who's a producer will be like Kim don't laugh and then that happens in general like I remember we were somewhere recently up north and I just tried to ask for a couple of beers you know like oh a high beer that was it and the whole kind of gaggle of Vietnamese people were all kind of laughing and pointing. And it's really off-putting. And I know they're not being mean. I know they're not being like, oh, look at this dickhead mm. trying to speak Vietnamese. But it's really off-putting when you try and speak and then someone laughs, you know. I really feel you. And I had to go through some reactions like that. Even now, sometimes I go in a shop or in a coffee place and I start to speak in Vietnamese. People either reply to me in English. That really pissed me off. Or they just pretend like, what? But okay, now now everybody understands me pretty well, so I don't have this problem. But for example, yesterday I went to look for a new phone and I entered the shop and the guy started to talk to me in English. Before I would be like, no, I want to practice my Vietnamese. Let's put it in Vietnamese words. Now I was like, nah, whatever, okay, let's talk in English. And then another employee came and they were talking to each other like, oh no, we don't have this phone, blah, blah, blah. So at some point I just turned my face and started to talk to Vietnamese to the other one. And the first guy was like, oh, but... Why didn't you tell me you speak Vietnamese? I was like, but your English is so good. Maybe you wanted to practice. So that's okay. So I ended up talking with both of them in English and Vietnamese. So my point is like, just go with the flow. Like, don't I now I don't force people anymore. So if they want to speak in English, fine. If they prefer Vietnamese, even better. 
Like, no, and if you have, if you're laughing, please laugh even more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happened to me in the beginning as well. Trying to, just trying to speak Vietnamese in the very beginning, and then people speak back to you in English, and you're like. So sometimes it can be quite difficult to even be able to practice your Vietnamese because they just would rather speak to you in English. Especially in Saigon, mm. in, in big cities. Yeah, in big, big cities. cities but I think it's also a good thing because like Viet I'm really surprised like when I came in Vietnam, Vietnamese people can speak English so good. And this is the moment when I'm really, really ashamed of France. Désolé les amis. Because like we learn English since we're, since the age of 10 and eventually like nobody can practice English because everybody is shy of their uh, French accent, you know, so everybody just keeps speaking in French. Whereas here people really make the effort and they want to integrate, they want to open to the world. So it's, it's amazing. And I've been here nearly five years and I, the difference I've seen in that time, the amount of people that can speak English in Saigon is, is incredible. Five years, you really need to go to school to start to learn Vietnamese. Oh, stop it, I know, I feel you bad. Well, I don't feel bad enough to actually go I and learn it. I hope to motivate though. you. That, I, I really hope to motivate you, that's all. It's like everything, it comes down to time and money, right? It, it takes a lot of time to learn a language and it does cost money to learn a language too. Actually, I'm going to tell you, give you a tip also to you guys. If one day you want to learn Vietnamese and you're in Saigon, there is this amazing public university called Trung Dai Hop Kwa Hop Sa Hoi Va Nhan Van, translated like <laughs> the University of Humanities and uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know it in English. And basically, it's a public university, public, so teachers who practice, who teach a lot every day from the north, from the south. The fees are really reasonable. And uh, there is plenty of foreigners with different backgrounds, with different levels. And this is where I learned most of my Vietnamese. Okay. I'm still going there and uh, I, I think it's really the best. It's cheap. Mm. So I, I highly recommend whenever you learn a language, just go to the public institution. Don't go to the private ones. Okay, send me the link for it and I'll, I'll look it up. I know I should yes. do that. And it, I, it's obviously opened up a lot of doors for you then and, and people like Nam Den as well. I think as a, a foreigner, if you can speak Vietnamese, then it's much, much better for your career, right? But, you know, my um, my conception was a little bit different. It's like I ha I know what is the feeling when you come in a foreign country and you cannot understand the others. Like I will always remember when I first came in France, I wanted to play with kids and I could not because they were not understanding me. But this is where I discovered like being a foreigner has an advantage because I got the attention of the others. And I was like, hmm... When I will start to speak French, it's going to be even better. And eventually it turned out true. And I started to also learn a lot about literature. I'm a big fan of history, philosophy, psychology, whatever. And when I came in Vietnam, I was also like thinking, okay, this is another country. I am here. It's me who has to adapt to the country, not them. It's amazing that people speak really good English in Vietnam, like different from China. China is really bad for that. But I am the one who wanted to learn the, uh, the language, so I need to... To, to invest time, I need to invest money, energy into that. And it pays off. It pays off very, very well. It's an investment. And I'm really glad I made that choice and I'm still learning. I'm still far from being like that, that fluent. But it's a choice. And when you start to learn words, you understand people around, you understand their psychology, why they do certain things, why they're not doing others. So you get, you get closer to each other. I just say it's the truth. You get closer. One of the reasons why I haven't learned Vietnamese, and I think it's probably common for a lot of expats, is I never intended to be here this long. But so now I, you've been five years. Yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, it sneaks up on you. So the first year was, it was well, we, we actually only came for six weeks, my wife and I, and then six weeks turned into a year. So we weren't really going to learn the language in a year. Then a year turned into two years. Mm -hmm. Then two turned into four. Then the pandemic hit, four has turned into five, and now we'll be here for the... So you were going to be here? You will, you guys, you will stay here, right? Well, this is a common question that I ask a lot of guests, and even we talk with friends. I think most expats don't know. You know, I don't, I've, not, I don't, I've not met any expats who are like, I will be here for the next 10 years or 20 years. Or, you know, even I've interviewed uh, in the last season... Edith Gerardo, from, who was French, and she'd been coming here on and off for 40 years. And even when I asked her, will you be here forever? She was like, I, I couldn't answer that question. So I think that also holds people back as well. 
Um, I also spoke to someone, this was last year, and, and they, they made a, an interesting point. They said, it's so difficult to learn the language, right? Like time and money. If I'm going to learn the language, I would learn something more useful, like Mandarin, you know? So I'm not saying that's a correct opinion, but that was their opinion, which it was kind of like, if you're going to learn a language that's going to be a more applicable worldwide, then, then you could see, like, if I'm going to invest my time and money into one language, then that would be more um, beneficial, you know? That's actually a very good question, very good topic, because myself, I've been in China, so I've been also studying Mandarin for six months. But for my career path, I realized in China, there is actually a lot of foreigners who do speak Chinese because it, it's easier. I find it a little bit easier, but it, it's just not my cup of tea. Um, my point is, my uncle actually is fluent in Chinese, yeah. I hope you're listening, uncle. <laughs> but my point is like, yes, it's true. But when you think about it the other way, in Vietnam, there are more than 95 million of people, first thing. Second, there is a huge population of Vietnamese all around the world. So if you're talking about investment in a language that people talk, it's nearly 100 million people in the world. So that's a lot. And the third point is like, the economy is growing very fast. I can see myself, I've also been here for five years, by the way. And I can see like in five years, so many things change, so many things evolved, developed, and it's going really fast. And just for myself, I was like, I don't want to miss that. And because I'm working in entertainment, so of course it did open a lot of doors. And uh, I get, I, I got lucky to get a lot of shows because of my Vietnamese. And it's just, I, I didn't want to be another foreigner who, who is just like living here, enjoying the lifestyle, but not like putting that effort. I, I want it to be different for, for just for me, you know, to at least to have another experience. And it's true, like you, I didn't know how long I'm going to stay. But at some point, I was like one year, more than a year and a half. And I had Vietnamese boyfriend. So that this is also how I started to learn Vietnamese. Yeah, guys, come on. I'm sure you know, when you have a foreigner um, a partner, it's easier, right? Anyway, so he did teach me, he did uh, teach me a lot of stuff, but then uh, I went to school and uh, yeah, it's just like when you like something, it's like going to the gym. You go to the gym to to work on your muscle, to work on your, um, how do you call it, like, to feel good. So it's same with uh, languages. You do it also to, to feel good and it's really rewarding. So don't be shy. <laughs> now, I like that you said, uh, kind of, of course you were learning because you had a Vietnamese boyfriend. One of my criticisms, and I've done a bit about this on stage for comedy, is the amount of Western guys with a Vietnamese girlfriend that don't speak Vietnamese. And Lewis, our producer, is a case in point of this, that he used to be able to speak Vietnamese. Why used to be? What do you mean used to be? He lived in Vietnam without Kim for a while. And so he learned like a little bit of Vietnamese and could speak it. And now he's, yeah, I wonder if we can hear us from the other room. He's too kind of shy now to do it. And he just lets Kim do all the speaking. But that, I think that's really common. I've got other friends, Western friends with a Vietnamese girlfriend and their Vietnamese is worse than mine. And they don't try to speak it at all. And they could have a teacher and instead they have a translator, you know. That's sad. I think it's really sad because also when you are a couple and you talk in a different language, it like it brings another dimension to your relationship. So that's why. So we split up with that guy <laughs> just to make it clear in case in case people are listening. But uh, my point is like uh, you are. When you have a foreign partner, it's really a chance to get to know each other on another level. So when I was with this guy, obviously, I just told to him, look, if you're not teaching me Vietnamese, I'm going to find someone else. <laughs> and it worked. So, you see, so guys, don't be shy. This is the best strategy ever. Always work with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll move on from, um, from Vietnamese. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you Wait. the same thing. Well, we're going to go through the same thing that we went through with Nam Den. Okay. Okay. Now, and this is one of the reasons why I can't speak Vietnamese, okay? It's yes. one of the reasons why it's so difficult. And I do this on stage and I have either a friend come on stage or I'll have a random Vietnamese person come on stage and say this for me. Okay, so we're going to practice with you. Nam Den did this as well. Okay, so you can take um, a three-letter word in Vietnamese, right? N-A-M. N-A-M. Okay, Nam. Nam. Now, based on the inflections or the tones, it can have up to seven different meanings, mm -hmm. okay? So I figured this out with my Vietnamese colleague one day, and we put it together in a sentence, and I'll have 
a Vietnamese person say this on stage, and it normally gets a bit of a laugh, right? So you're going to see if you oh, can yeah, do this yeah, better yeah. Okay, than them do, then, okay? So these are the seven words, okay? So you have um, five. Nam. Year. Nam. <laughs> I'm already laughing. <laughs> the man's name. Nam. Okay. Uh, holding. Nam. Yeah. Uh, lying or lay. Like oh, fuck, I forgot this one. Nam. <laughs> <laughs> and mushrooms. Ah, no. Okay, so this is the sentence. Okay, I I lay in bed with a man na, with a man Nam holding five mushrooms for five years. Well, okay, I'm gonna try it because I okay. The difficult point now is like I don't remember the the accents now. Like I do remember <laughs> some, but not all of them. So it will sound exactly the same. This so. is why it's so difficult. Yeah. One word, three letters, Actually, seven if, different. If you names. have it written, then it will be easier. Then I can I can read. Let me write it down for you. Otherwise, uh, you guys will think I'm a scam. You know. No, she doesn't speak. But Vietnamese. I'm gonna write it in English, not in Vietnamese. Ah no no no! no. I, I need the, yeah in English because I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. afraid I'm gonna read the tones wrong. But I'm writing it in English. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you write it in English, but then yeah. it's going to say it in Vietnamese. No, no, no. Oh, you wanted me no. to die. I thought you got... You got you no, no, we're not doing that. Okay. This is testing your Vietnamese. Okay, let's... Okay. That's okay. As I said, I make a lot of mistakes. Okay. This is the English sentence. I lay in bed with a man, Nam, holding five mushrooms for five years. Um, Nam boy? Nam... Nam? 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 Nam, nam. <laughs> All right, can, Honestly, you say, can you say it faster? Go. Oh no, that's hard. Uh, I'm so bad in, in any language. Actually, this, this is really my uh, not my cup of tea. Okay. To M M Nam boy Nam 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 Nam. Actually, you know, it's, it's so messy. It's really bad. Well, it's not my best. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put in the. I'll try and put in the clip of Nam Den doing the same thing. Nam is at, better. Nam, Nam is gonna laugh at me. And yeah, it's much better. Tôi đang nằm trên giường với một người đàn ông gọi Nam. Anh cầm Nam cái nằm trong năm năm. One of the things we talk about a lot on this show is how difficult it is to speak Vietnamese and how few foreigners speak it. One of our listeners has recommended Yuli, an amazing Vietnamese teacher here in Saigon. If you want to get in touch with her, her number and contact details are in the show notes. She has three years of teaching experience, offers private or group Vietnamese classes, and they're tailored to suit the topics that you want to learn about. Her lesson content is unconventional and all self-created. Lessons are conversational and she uses tools such as Anki, which is a flashcard app used to study vocabulary, and Google Drive, where all notes and recaps from each session are stored in a private folder created for you. Lessons can take place at a location of your choice, or if you're not in Saigon, they can also take place online. So for more information, check out the show notes. Her contact details are there. So let's move on then from Vietnamese. So you do a lot of work with Nam Den. You do a lot of work on television. Um, as we mentioned in the beginning, you're an MC, you're an actress, you're a model. You're uh, now a brand ambassador for Save You. You have a YouTube channel. Tell us a bit about how this has all happened then. How, you, you wanna, you're asking me how I came into entertainment. I guess so, yeah. In Vietnam. Okay, so we should back up a little bit. So when I was in France... I used to learn, I used to study about business and at the same time about literature, philosophy, geography, these kind of things. And um, I was really passionate about drama. I, I love to play drama. I love to play on stage. This is something that I really like about France is that drama is really present in French culture and it's deep. It's very affordable. So I went to study at uh, conservatory. Yeah. At concert of my city, a conservatory of uh, Rance. I used to play in some different plays, uh, funny one, like uh, sad ones, different types of characters. So it was something like really in my blood, playing, acting. And when I came in Vietnam, the reason why I came in Vietnam, it was to do an internship in a cosmetic company. And every day I was going to work, you know, from nine to five. And I just started to find my life a little bit boring. And I got noticed by a modeling agency. It was elite, well, elite agency that noticed me 
on Buivien. Yeah, like the, I didn't even think of that, but that you do have to make that clear because there's yeah. probably lots of modeling agencies, air quotes. Yeah, on it. and in Buivien, the reason why Neil is laughing because Buivien is literally the street where you go to get wasted in in Saigon. So long story short, they did notice me. I did start to do like some some nice jobs actually, some nice stuff. And it was my dream, you know, when you're a girl, you're young, you're not so confident, you want to do modeling. So I did have some modeling experiences and beauty contests back to France. And I was like, wow, maybe this is my chance, you know, to, to, to go in that industry. So I started to do modeling for a few months. And uh, at the same time, I started to learn Vietnamese. And the reason, like, the, the beginning was I had the opportunity to shoot a big, big show for HTV7 or HTV9, I don't remember, with my mom. Big show with my mom and one of my closest friends in Vietnamese. And I didn't know, but the MC on stage is someone really famous. Now even more, his name is MC Chang Tang. And with another MC, her name is V Visa. Visa, yeah. So it was a dating show. And even though I was learning Vietnamese for like eight months at the time, I was able like to, to talk, to put some jokes. At, and at the point of like the day after, I got like not millions, but like thousands of followers that I didn't have the day before. And when we were going in the street, me and my mom, people recognize us. And yeah, the, so that was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. And I remember I had a lot of fun, even though I basically understood maybe 10% of what was going around. But I was like, wow, this is something I really like. And as I said before, it was something like acting has always been in my blood. So I just put a lot of efforts to learn more Vietnamese. And naturally, I've been contacted by other channels, other like YouTube channels, TV channels, advertisement companies. And I just started to, to do some traveling shows, some cooking shows. I also did some shows in English as well. So it just went naturally for me. And um, I really, the reason why I also want to encourage everyone to learn Vietnamese is that now speaking Vietnamese is a huge trend. So I've also been contacted to do a show where we are a group of foreigners and we just discuss different topics, just like this podcast, basically, but it's filmed and it's on national TV on VTV3, if you guys are curious. It's called Nyapza Tui Tuk. And it's broadcasted every Friday. So it's it's amazing to see that now it's really in Vietnamese culture. And it's really, I hope it's encouraging people to work. So for me, getting to go on national TV every Friday at golden hour, that was like, okay, now things are starting, guys. <laughs> that's awesome. And that, so that's one you're doing with Nam Den, right? I've seen you post this ah, on Facebook, on your stories and things no, like that. We, no, that's something different. No, with Nam, so we did a collab, me and him. I did a, he did a collab for my YouTube channel where I do review about food. And I did a collab with him on his YouTube channel where I make him visit this lovely uh, French uh, restaurant which is doing like crepes, uh, crepe, crepe in Brittany called La Creperie, if you guys want to eat sometimes. Very nice. And no, 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 he, he didn't go on that show. I recommended him, Nam, like, you didn't listen to me. You could have been <laughs> one of us, but now you're staying at home and you're rotting at home. But uh, no, we do some other things. To, I mean, no, 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 not other things together. We do some shootings together. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, anyway, but <laughs> and but yeah, the show is with people from. Blushing. Yeah, I do blushing, but no, 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 we don't do things. Together. Okay, I'll stop that. Shootings, we do other shootings together. <laughs> it also sounds creepy. Video project. No, yeah, yeah. Okay, just stop here. We just stop here. <laughs> <laughs> I do nothing. They'll give you a speed, and you can just keep digging a deeper hole. There you go. Oh, that's fun. Um, so what's been some of the right. highs and lows then since you've been in the entertainment industry? Uh, highs and lows? Mm. You know, something that I'm really happy I have learned and I noticed not so many people are comfortable with, it's to living without security. So when I just started to, to be, to go on this path, I really, I was not very known among agents, like not so many people knew about me. And so it was hard to get some jobs, honestly. And, you know, sometimes you have the TED, you have some events. And I remember some months was really hard. So I was also teaching French at some point. But I learned to feel really confident, to feel really secure without having any financial security background. Because when you go on that path, and for me, I work full time in entertainment. So you need to learn, yeah, to like to not know what is going to be your schedule for the next two, three weeks sometimes. 
And then sometimes you're just like fully, fully booked. You're working every day. You feel really tired. So that's the thing, uh, a little bit difficult, I would say, but at the same time, it makes you stronger. So I learned to be really confident in any situation because now I have a mindset of a warrior. It's like, I know whatever happens, I will find my way out. Like if I get stopped by a policeman on the road, <laughs> for example, if there is no job now, I just work on myself. You know, I just like check what are the shows that I would like to do. Like your podcast, actually. Yeah, true story. I wanted to tell you. So when I met Nam, when I met Nam, we met and he told me, yeah, I just did this podcast, 7 million bikes. So I checked. I checked about this podcast. I checked about you, Nail. Uh, and I was like, oh, actually, I would like to do this pod podcast. podcast uh, it sounds lovely. And then I forgot. I totally forgot. And a few days ago, you contacted me and I was like, whoa, this is really good. When you work on yourself, you get the results you want. So the, the now you're talking about the ops. So I'd say working in this industry helped me to also rely on my own skills, on my own inner power, you know, to attract good things, to attract positive people, good opportunities. So that's the main thing I learned. That's so cool. I got a big smile on my face. Yeah, I love true, that. True stage. I wanted to tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I I forget that. Um, so as as people will see if they look on the Instagram, you'll see a picture that we've taken. We're in this little closet, <laughs> uh, and even from the beginning with the podcast, it's kind of like just me with someone else sitting, a little microphone, and we just have a natural conversation like mm -hmm. we're doing. I forget that people listen. True. Yeah. Now I forget. Too. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, I forget that this little recording that we're making, as I, I told you before, the we started recording, we'll now listen to on every continent oh la la. in the world, which is Whoa. amazing. Like, oh, I can't remember how many countries, hundreds of different countries. Um, we just went over 15,000 downloads total, which oh, is... Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I remember seeing like the first the first episode and it went to like 10 oh. downloads, you know, and I'm like, wow, 10 people have listened to this. this oh. show. Like, <laughs> honestly, in the beginning was like 15 was was like, oh my God, 15 people. 15, have... no, 15,000. It's another One level. five, yeah, 15. Five. And I was like, wow, now it's over 15,000. Um, and then so when when someone like yourself said, oh yeah, I've already uh, heard of you, that always kind of like surprises me. I'm like, oh yeah, I forget that like this thing is out there. Mm. And I had it recently uh, over Christmas. I got recognized for the first, and I think the only time, the, the first and only time, my wife and I were at like a little Christmas store buying some cookies and, and then this girl behind the counter was like oh you're Neil Mackay and I was like I froze hmm. I was like and my wife had to nudge me she's like say something who's back this bitch? <laughs> no 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 who's she, this girl yeah, why, no. <laughs> why is she talking to you huh? <laughs> that would have been funny actually but no, no she didn't she was she's like you need to say something back like say hello and I'm like hello oh yeah yeah that's me nice to meet you like and so um that kind of caught me off guard that was that's lovely that was quite cool as well though so yeah no it's good to have you on um so what's next for you then? So unless like other peoples in Vietnam, I I think, I feel that I'm going to be here for, for a little while first. Second, I really want to go as far as I can in the entertainment field. I think I have, uh, I bring some fresh air in the industry that can make, my purpose is just to make people happy, to make them smile, to make them laugh. So as long as there are people who feel my positive vibes, I know that I need to continue in that way. So the natural way, my my dream, I would say, would be to do like a, not, how do you call it, sitcom. I would love to do a sitcom in Vietnamese, for Vietnamese audience, because most of the things I do, it's for Vietnamese audience, actually. So I would love to do more like movies, more, more acting in Vietnamese and more shows where I can either interview people or I can experience amazing food in Vietnam, traveling, just like continue to bring my vibes to, to Vietnam and just be thankful because it's thanks to Vietnam I got to really uh, develop myself I would say so m working in entertainment is like I give and I receive so I just want to have more opportunities to give to people honestly in different areas whatever it is now this question is going to make just showcase how ignorant I am to the country that I live in does Vietnam have sitcoms they do have, I mean, I call it sitcoms. They do have TV shows. Uh, some, I watch them. Like, on... I know they have TV shows. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, not TV shows, sorry. A series, 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 yeah. And I know I mean, they have, series. like, loads of kind of dramas because I yes. see them. Yeah, and, that's and, what you know. I say. Yeah, but actually, it, yeah. But a sitcom is, like, a very kind of 
I was having friends in my head. I've got friends, friends in my yeah. head. I'm a massive friends fan. I mean, me too. Yeah. So my dream would be to do a sitcom like Friends with a character a little bit like Rachel or Monica. Uh, like yeah, some, yeah. Something that I would love to do it. So I well, it worked for How I Met Your Mother. They basically just did the exact same show as Friends and got like. 10 seasons out yeah, of it. Yeah. It's not Friends. You no. know, if you're a Friends fan, you know Friends is Friends. But yeah, they do have some. But it's like it's It's very cheesy, you know, but I really don't mind. It's like, I think it's fun. It's part of the culture, you know, all this like drama, no, no, crying and yelling. I think it's uh, It's like very, like in Greek society, they used to have the plays, very uh, dramatic, very like violent for cleansing the people. Yeah. So I, I don't mind to do like some crazy characters and so on, so on. No. It would be funny if you just did like literally took friends mm -hmm. and duplicated it in Vietnamese, uh -huh. like not even change anything, like have it set in a, a central mm -hmm. cafe suada, mm -hmm. the same set, the same everything, just change the actors. Ah, actually, that's a good idea. But you know, I should... <laughs> have you been in Vietnam for that's too long? That's a good thing. If you think like just stealing someone else's idea is a know, good idea. Something that I did, so... <laughs> no, 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 something that, that, I, that you, you can leave this part. Something that I did for real is that uh, before I started to learn Vietnamese, one day I opened up TV and I saw a video clip and I was like, what is this language? And I asked the person next to me, and he said, oh, this is Vietnamese. And the singer was Santum MTP. If you're Vietnamese, even not, even you I know, right? Even you I know Santum, right? MTP, yeah. So I got obsessed by him. I was really like, wow, he's an artist. He's so good. And I was watching the clip of Lak Choi. So then I went to discover all, all of his songs, like Chung Ta Hom Tuk Bai Nhau, Em Kung Nghe Hom Qua, whatever. And at some point, I wrote a script. So I did a short movie just about him yeah yeah just about a uh, santum mtp what are you like so a 12 year old girl he, no, he inspired <laughs> me he really inspired me so i did a, you can you can watch it actually it's five minutes five minutes okay. short movie that i uh, i wrote i play in it and i produced you know <laughs> it's a small creation because i never really shared like it's it's on youtube but i'm, I'm very shy about it but it, it's quite good actually jc peterson if you know him He's a journalist, so he was like the guest star on there. He had a, like a small part. So no, I mean, Vietnam is also good, not only to copy, but also to inspire us artists <laughs> to create. <laughs> Voila. There we go. I'll, I'll make sure I look that up. Now, we'll move on then to the final questions that I ask everyone at the end of the show. And we're into season six now, so we've got a, a new set of questions, okay? Sure. Now, the first question is... Um, in Vietnam, a recent trend that I've noticed is obviously now as it's becoming wealthier, there's more cars on the road. This is 7 million bikes, but there are still, I think there are now over 8 million bikes uh -huh. in Vietnam, but they're becoming a lot of cars as well. So there's a lot of, uh, how we would say, gaudy looking cars. People have so much money that they, they've decided to have cars with very flashy bling bling type of exteriors, which is very different to where I'm from. We don't, cars normally are like red, white or blue. They don't really normally stray too much from that. To what's the craziest car that you've seen here in, in Saigon? Actually, I've been working for Ho Chi Minh Motor Show for three years in a row. So I've been modeling there for like Lexus and uh, Chevrolet. And so I, I saw very beautiful cars next to me. But the craziest one was one day I went out next to Mastery and I saw this um, super fancy I forgot the brand, but like pink sport car. And that was very surprising because like, okay, uh, so you're probably a man. I don't know, because it's a, it was a manly car, like racing car a little bit, but pink. And I, I, I just stand like, okay. Uh, I, it just like took my breath away, literally. So but I, I, I forgot the brand, but it was really impressive. Like out of nowhere, like a sport car, like mm, strong, <laughs> wow, pink. This is exactly why I'm asking that question, because the same thing's happened to me. You see this car that's so nice, must have cost maybe half a million dollars. And it is just like, I'll be honest, hideous, you know, <laughs> like bright pink or something like that. You You're know, like, in France, we have a quote. It's like, we're like, uh, les goûts et les couleurs, ça se discute pas. It's like the tastes and the color, we don't discuss. Basically, it's like everyone has their own opinion, something like that. So okay. Don't, don't discuss. Yeah. I see I'm from a very opinionated, <laughs> opinionated place. Because I just think, though, if I was in uh, New Zealand where I lived before or any Western country and someone was driving down the street in a bright baby pink car, it would, you'd just be like, what are you doing? 
people would judge. So I'm showing my judgmental side here. <laughs> you are. You are judgmental. You are. Now, my next question is, have you ever tried durian? Of course, I tried durian and I really love it. Honestly, I really love it because um, it's very interesting taste. And okay, there is a legend about, oh, the smell is so bad. Nya, nya, nya. The smell is good, guys. The smell is good when the fruit comes from a garden, when you go to pick it up and you smell it. And if you're really unfamiliar with the smell, you feel uncomfortable. I know there is another technique in Vietnam. They like the burning the, the skin. So it takes off all the smell because I did the shooting about that. So I, 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 I experienced it. So I personally really, really like durian. I know you cannot eat too much. It's not good for your skin because it makes you like hot. We say in Vietnam, it's a hot food. We are cold and like medium and hot. So hot food, you need like mango. You also need to not eat too much. So long story short, I love durian. I did a lot of shows about it. And even my mom likes it, but she doesn't like the smell. Yeah. I sound like a terrible person as well. I don't like it. <laughs> you should try a hot vitlom. Do you know hot vitlom? It's the little egg with uh, the little yeah, tiny yeah. animal inside. No, I don't want that either. No, you should try it. <laughs> it's very good. It's good for your health. It's good for a pregnant woman and not pregnant woman. Because I was going to say, I'm not a pregnant woman. You're not so a pregnant yes, woman, but okay. you need calcium, right? So this this uh, hot vitlom has a lot of calcium. So the secret is when you eat, you don't look. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look. You don't look. So for anyone who doesn't know what hot vitlom is, can you explain? I'm sorry. Yeah. So hot vitlom is an is a duck egg, which has been cooked with the little uh, ducky duck when he's yeah, already unfertilized, right? Unfertilized. But I mean, you see the animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The animal is there with the yolk, right? Yolk, the yellow yeah. part with the yolk. So the the animal is not yet form but mm. there is still the meat so when you eat it with the yolk and with a little bit of uh, salt and pepper it just tastes amazing you just eat one or two and you're so full very good natural source of uh, nutrients i think when my mom visited she tried it i don't i haven't tried it though. Oh, just I'm don't not, look I'm not, at I'm it. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a brave eater. I could never do like a cooking really? channel or anything like I that. Actually, I did, a, I did a show recently when I was eating. You ready for that? The testicles of, uh, how you call it in French, is book. It's the one, uh, it's, the, it's the guy of the sheep. The sheep, how you call it? A ram? I think so, yeah. But it was he has he had huge balls <laughs> <laughs> and a small penis. So I was really happy to try this on screen. Yeah. Also tried the bloody cake. So it's a cake from blood. So we have that similar thing in Scotland, oh. like blood blood pudding, and blood I don't pudding. eat that either. <laughs> I, I try that because I'm very brave, and I, I, I like to do these kind of things on camera, especially on camera. Yeah, you know? right. Oh, and I also try you know the animal in the coconut, the little worm, which is live. I tried this one on TV. It was a huge disaster because I, I eat, I like I start to chew and then there's juice all over the place. So uh, it's coconut worm. Oh, no, living, and it's like, one. moving. Like, <laughs> I, I need to eat it alive, you know? So yeah, that, that's a, shocking. So oysters can go to rest because oysters are for babies, you know, nothing shocking about them. But yeah, the coconut worms are... See, I'm really boring. I don't eat like anything like that. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I don't like putting weird Challenge things in my mouth. You. Yeah, I know. Don't that like would... to put things in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, what is something that happens in Vietnam that would be looked at strangely where you're from when you can decide whether that's Russia or France? What's something that happens in Vietnam that would be looked at strangely in your home country? People picking their noses <laughs> in public. It can be on a bike, it can be on the gym, it can be on a restaurant. It's all around. That's the first thing. Second one, it's people sitting in public places with their feet. Like I'm doing now, but I'm not in a public place. How you call it? On a on a chair? Yeah, like, like I don't know how you would say it. Just resting on the chair? Just resting on the chair with your feet that are visible to all the customers around you. And the third, it's of course, Vietnamese driving skills, which are just... Incredibly unique. That's the expression I'm going to use. Five, I mean, five years I've been here. Every day I'm still surprised. Like even on the way here, I'm like, "What the hell?" This guy just like driving down the wrong side of the road at speed towards me, and 
Yeah, every day I'm still shocked. I'm just praying shocked. now. I'm, I'm praying. When I drive my, my motorcycle, I, I go on it and I just pray to arrive safe. That's the best protection, the best insurance I've found here. Yeah, for sure. So flip that question. What's something that happens in your home country that would be looked at strangely in Vietnam? First, like just like that, naturally, I think it's the way French people say hello. You know, they do like... Mwah, mwah. Oh, les bis. Les bis, les bis. Yeah. I think when you meet strangers in Vietnam, if you do this, people go gonna feel really, really shy, really insecure and uncomfortable. No, that's a good one. That is a good one because there's these small cultural differences, which is absolutely 100% normal in France. If you just met a Vietnamese person for the first time, say you'd never met them the before, party, and you yeah. just walked up and went kissed them both cheeks. You will be happy. I'm sure, I'm sure the guy will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and very confused. No, they'd very be like, confused. Because it, I, I've had it before. Um, I was in a bar, met a friend, Vietnamese friend, and, and her friend was with her. I gave my friend a hug because I've known her for a long time and, and she knows that's normal. And then I, I went to give her friend a hug and she kind of like froze a little bit. What like I hell? could feel it. Like I could feel her kind of freeze. And I spoke to my friend afterwards and I was like, oh, should I have done that? Was that inappropriate? And she's like, no, she she understands. But yeah, you could see like she kind of reacted. And so far in Vietnam, they don't have that kind of close personal contact. Like even I like to, I lived in America mm. and for guys in America, you see your, your buddy, your friend, you go up and you give them a big bear hug. Mm -hmm. How you doing? Good to see you. And you hug them. And I really like that. And then I went back to Scotland and I did it to my friend and they, they kind of froze a little bit because for them, we don't do that in Scotland. You don't okay. like hug your buddy. You, you give do? them a handshake, a but, handshake, you know, or be like, oh, how you And just... ladies, how you say hello? See, I don't even, I can't even. A shake on the butt. Yeah. <laughs> I always find it difficult with ladies. Even when we met today, I kind of gave you a, mm. a hug and you kind of were like, oh, okay, we're doing that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah that's but true. But I never know what, I, I find it awkward sometimes. I never know whether, do you shake hands? Do you give a hug? Do you give a nod? Like what? With ladies, I always do hug because I don't know, I, f I feel, you know, it's okay. But, you know, sometimes also guys, they may feel it a bit, oh, maybe my girlfriend. I mean, maybe it can be inappropriate. So with guys, I'm always like, I, I don't know. Yeah, see, it's difficult, right? Like, I'm quite like a huggy. If it's first time, if I'm it's first time. I'm quite a huggy time, person, you then, know? So next time we meet, I'm going to hug you. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but so, I, like, sometimes I do it, like, when I met you this morning and it was just, I was like, oh, hey, and give you a hug. And then as I did it, though, I was like, should I have done that? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, first time it's a little bit maybe, yeah. And then what do we do? Do we shake hands? I yeah, find that yeah. weird as well. What is it? We started with shaking hands and oh, Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, we know, now we can hug. Now, we can, hug. now <laughs> we can hug. But that is a good one. I like that. That's a good thing. Because the reason I asked that question is because it's easy when you're here to be like, oh, that's so weird because we live in True. Vietnam. But then there's loads of things from our own of country course, that course. are super weird here as well, right? Another thing, and that's from Russia, is like, I never really experienced that, but I know sometimes people, they kiss on the mouth to say hello. Like my mom, when we went back to Russia, one of her closest friends, she came and she's like, mwah. Just kiss, kiss her mom. She was like, "What the hell? Like, is this really happen?" And then her dad came and kissed my mom too on the on the lips, like just a, how you saw a smack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a smack. So that's whoa. But so that I know people do sometimes with like really close friends, but like it, it, it's weird, right? With when two adults like being related and so on, just kiss kiss on the on the mouth. So I guess if you do that in Vietnam, people are just gonna have a stroke, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I mean, I would find that weird if someone did. But again, culturally, if that's what's normal, then it doesn't make a difference, right? Now, final question. You've been here five years as well, same as me. What advice would your current self give to your previous self about moving to Vietnam or before you get to Vietnam? I will just tell her, do what you do. Because when I first arrived in Vietnam, my uh, luggage got lost. I got no friends. I just got a job waiting for me. I was really lost. I didn't like the city. I was like, ew, this is Vietnam. No, foo, foo, foo. I don't like. So noisy. So dirty. Ah. So, and eventually it turned out to be the best place ever, especially now, you know, in, in these times when we cannot travel, we cannot visit our relatives. I just feel so lucky that I made that choice. So basically, if I had to send advice to my old, my young me, like just go with the flow, like really go with the flow, don't worry. And now special, special message to all my friends in France who's been criticizing, uh, what are you doing in Vietnam? Uh, Vietnam is not nice, uh, it's a poor country, ha ha. Now you guys are frustrated, Ta -ta, because I can go out, drink wine do some other stuff like that I can mention here and be happy. Ta-ta! <laughs>
<laughs> and on that note, we will finish the podcast. That's awesome. I will let you know afterwards when the episode is published Wait. how many people from France listen. Oh, please. And uh, all the hate mail that I get from... Oh, the uh, hate mail? No, I'm kidding. No, we oh, never, no. get, never had hate mail yet, but who Not knows? Maybe it's going to be just me, the first yeah. one. <laughs> They're going to be like, I'll get people from France saying, her French is terrible. I'll have people from Russia emailing me, her Russian is Russia terrible. terrible. Who is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she's African. She's not one of us. Nya, nya, nya. <laughs> <laughs> so before we finish up um, tell the listeners where can they find you follow you watch you you're obviously doing lots of different things where can they see you so you can first find me on Facebook this is where I'm the most present so Mikachu M-I-C-K-A space Chu <laughs> C-H-U which is not your real name let's be which clear which is not my real name like because some in Vietnam especially some people ask me oh Minka Chu is your real name and then I got the question is your hair is your real your color my hair is gray I got like really I'm 29 come on not 69 Jesus then okay let's go go back to that you can also find me on YouTube on the channel Save You Vietnam Save you is S A V Y Y Y U Y in French. So S A V Y U space Vietnam. This is where I do food review in English and in Vietnamese. You can also find me on the current show going on VTV3 called Nyapza Tuitup. Okay, that's if you're Vietnamese, you will find me if you're a foreigner. It just went right Good over luck. the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just check on my Facebook profile and Instagram. <laughs> it's also M-I-C-K-A with... Space. No, not space. Oh, dash. Oh, underscore. Da- underscore. Underscore. Chu underscore. But just find me on Facebook. It's easier. You'll find all the videos there. And I hope soon I'll be on TikTok. I need to start. Are you going to do TikTok? I want to do TikTok. Don't do it. Why? I want to do about different languages, you know? Somebody said that I could should think about TikTok... But then I went to uh, a thing recently. The, do you know the age of the people that are on TikTok? Very young. Yeah. like Super young. Yeah, super young. And that's not my audience anyway. Ah, oh, yeah, but it's maybe you can explore different parts of your personality, your Well, now Instagram has added Instagram Reels. Really? Have you noticed ah, this? Yes. Which is basically just TikTok on Instagram. Oh. So when they added that, I was like, oh, sweet. I don't need to do TikTok. Mm, so I, I see. I no. did a couple of Reels and they, they, they seem to be... They're good, huh? mm. Oh, okay, I will try. But no, TikTok, I, actually, everybody tells me, I want to do one like, about dancing, a little bit sexy, and one maybe like about languages, actually. Okay. I'm curious because, you know, sad reality, guys, is like when I put a picture of me in bikini, I get so much like... So well, funny that, fuck. right? That's so strange that that's, that Yeah, I know, but that, that's so frustrating. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, maybe I need to do videos of me in bikini speaking Vietnamese. Combine both. Well, I mean, yeah. Use intellect and body. Because yeah. I do exercise a lot. So at some point, it's like, you know, I want to show my muscles. But yeah, so maybe that's the next trend. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even when I put a post on Instagram. Naked. Oh, that would be the least amount of likes ever. If I have a picture of me with my wife, who's drop dead, stunningly beautiful, beautifully gorgeous. And I, obviously I'm biased, but she is. That will get the most reactions. Than when you put the, a picture of your wife. Yeah, because she's Advertise so Advertise your wife. I, I do. Advertise your <laughs> I totally use her. Use her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did as well. I remember I did a Facebook advert which had, for the podcast, which had female guests in the picture, which wasn't done by like design. It just happened to be that the guests were female, so they were in the advert. And then you could see on the insights that it was like 75% of the clicks were from men. Which was like unusual because normally it's like 50-50, you know. But as soon as you put a female on it, all the men are like, oh, I'll, I'll click this. I'll, I'll click give this. a picture of bikini so there is more. Uh, we will see how many people listen to Can we to make this, this the most listened yes. to episode? Okay, we'll do I'm a, sure it's going to work. I'm sure. We'll do a test. All right. This has been awesome. Thank you so much Thanks. for coming on, Mikachu. It's been amazing to get to know you, to meet you. And hopefully we'll do some work together in the future again soon. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure to be with you on 7 Million Bikes. I really hope it's not going to be uh, the first and last time. I'm sure we're going to have some more projects to go. So it was really a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Season six is sponsored by our good friends over at Eddie's New York Deli and Diner. If you are in Saigon, then make sure you go check them out. Tell them that 7 million bikes sent you in D1, D2 and the Takashamaya Mall until June 7th. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of 7 Million Bikes, a Vietnam podcast. Don't forget to subscribe from wherever you're listening from right now. 
turn on the notifications as well so you never miss an episode. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you go back through. We've got five seasons of amazing guests that you can listen to their stories as well. Please get in touch. I always love to hear from our listeners. It's one of the best things when I wake up in the morning and I open up Instagram or Facebook and I've had a message from someone telling me that they've been listening from America or Australia or anywhere in the world. So please let me know where you're listening from or Vietnam as well, obviously. Um, I always love to hear from people. I want to give a massive thank you again to our Patreon members, Brandon Thompson and Zion Johnson. If you do enjoy this content, you can support 7 Million Bikes of Vietnam podcast on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. You can become a member of a Vietnam podcast and get access to exclusive member benefits like free tickets to comedy shows or even a free 7 Million Bikes t-shirt as well. So check that out in the show notes, as I said, and you can also buy me a coffee or a beer if you want on coffee.com. So make sure you check that out. So thanks again for listening. Really hope you enjoy season six and you can stay tuned for the future episodes. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease. And I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.